my goodness me. Here it is, predictable, well choreographed, perfectly rehearsed. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Grassroots, the only podcast for women's club rugby. In this 22 dropout of an episode, we discuss our plans for the Grassroots Festival, pre-season friendlies, and we meet the very lovely Joey from Launceston Ladies. Goose joins the team. Molly has a very challenging encounter with local wildlife. Matt shares his tips for hand-rearing animals, and Jodie brings some Gallic flair to knock on, knock off. Unfortunately, due to some technical issues involving bonjella, root vegetables and the hot weather, our Shez Sez recording had to be consigned to the virtual dustbin. Don't worry though, we'll give you an extra dose next time around. If you're of a nervous disposition, employed by the RSPCA, or have a particular love for squirrels, probably skip the first bit of this episode. With a triple knee operation, she runs in, tries for fun. She has got a remarkable strike rate. And I'm Jodie. The forward who can't stop scoring. And Molly. The cannonball coming through. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. Can you see our messages that we sent prior to you joining? I mean, you're going to be thrilled. <laughs> Is she you in a submarine? You in a submarine? You sound like you're underwater. No. She lives in the sticks, man. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Look, so I said you could only come on the podcast if your sound was tipped up. Hey, look, you can hear me, can't you? You're a little bit crackly. Have you got a headset, Goose, or some headphones? Yeah, I'm on a headset. Matt, can you just um, look at the chat, please? Am I on Skype? Why would I be on Skype? Well, where the fuck were you for eight minutes? What? Because you've put in the, the email, not on Skype. Why would I be on Skype then? Because you were late. We all thought you might have got lost. No. No, it was, a, it, was a, it was a quarter past. You said it was quarter past. No, Matt. Hang on. Are we still on for eight? Yes. Hang Goose. on a minute. Hang on. No, no. Who's <laughs> <laughs> is joining. Can people it... do eight? Yes, Jody Lou. I said I was already here. That's why I'm early. Uh, early? Uh, you texted me, Batty, and you told me to be here at eight. Did I send you an invite for quarter pass? I'm sorry, but this isn't looking very good for our new recruit, is it? This is some shoddy introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so, Batty, I yeah. said, still on for eight. You replied, yep, implying you are on for eight o'clock. Who's is joining? <laughs> And then I said, it says 8.15 on in the invite, that's all. And you replied, damn it, can people do 8? A.K.A. it was 8 o'clock. So you then said yes. Jodie eventually replied when she's prized herself. You gave her seven minutes, man. Can I say I still replied at three minutes past eight and you only turned up (laughs) at eight minutes past eight. (laughs) This guy's a joke. Fucking hell. He swamped. He swamped off his feet Busy. with people not replying to the team for grassroots. Oh my god! That's um, going to be the death of me. That team. The death of you. <laughs> I get outed on the pod for not giving the correct team, and now you understand the trauma. <laughs> oh, can I just ask? Did you listen to the uh, last episode that Mol? Oh yes, in all its glory, aka Goose. It was ten times worse when we did it on the first pod. Matt made it sound. Even worse than that, when he did the editing. The fact that Jodie had to say, don't we have a goose in the team? And yeah, you did player. mention Paige Brown twice, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Who wasn't yes, even yes. playing? <laughs> That's because she's a pastry, a flake. We have got another page now, though. Have we? Yeah. 
Oh shit, we don't want her to think I'm talking about her. You'll have to edit that bit out. Get rid of the flake. Nobody needs a cherry bake well on the team, do they? <laughs> <laughs> they won't be on the team, they won't be there, they'll just flake out. Yeah, but she's gonna think that I'm talking about the new page, page two. Page Turner. Turner. I thought you said turnover then. I was like, ooh, apple turnover. Are you hungry, Mal? No, I've just had a Chinese, but I really wish I'd not had it. Do you want something sweet? Is that why you're talking about Bakewells and Have you got Glutton's remorse? No, I didn't eat it. I only ate half of it and I was like, nah, I don't fancy that. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. No, 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 definitely not pregnant. Mother Nature gave its call today. Nice. Yes, if I was pregnant. That'd be a shitter. Why can't Latham play on Saturday? Oh, Achilles is gone. <laughs> you know, that's a cute name. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking of, boy? Oh, Achilles, yeah. Oh, Achilles. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, remember when Katie got pregnant and she told everyone she'd pulled her Achilles? So what happened? Yeah, so she told everyone oh. she'd pulled her Achilles and then she couldn't play rugby for like six weeks. Then six weeks turned into nine months and then, oh, here's a kid. Wow, I didn't know that. I really don't want I'm to hurt sh- my Achilles now if that's what happens. I'm so naive to this, honestly. Were you coaching at the time, Batty? Yeah, I think I was, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, Casey, how's your Achilles every week? She's like, oh, you know, it's really sore. I find it really hard <laughs> to go upstairs. You know, I keep eating raw sprouts because of my, my Achilles. I can't put my shoes on and I'm retaining water like nobody's business. 10 out of I 10 didn't... for observation skills, yeah. coach. Yeah. Exactly. Have you done your... French knock-on, knock-off? Um, I completely forgot. So whilst we're doing introductions and all that, and I'm just going to quickly do a little Google search and find some French. I've been <laughs> researching French teams all nil and prep. Oh, have you? I'm not yeah, I've actually done some time. revision. I've done revision for the only knock-on, knock-off. I might get more than one right. Okay. Bear with okay, me. So you brace for, for knock-on, knock-off. It's, I don't know why we persist with it, to be honest, because it's an utter farce of a section. Because it's the only section I've ever been given. Yeah. So, like, we have to give Jodie some sort of job. Goose, as, a, as an avid listener, does yeah. knock on knock off really with joy or do you just forward faster every time? I mean, I just laugh at everything that you guys do, to be honest, because oh, wow. of my car journey. Oh. I listen to you when I go home to Devon because it's a four-hour journey. So I can listen to quite a few of your pods on the way down. So, yeah, <laughs> everything just makes me chuckle. Nice. We could put an omnibus on on the journey down next week, Mark. <gasps> That would be amazing. Well, if you pull your finger out, we might be able to listen to this one. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to just like do a, a time lapse of editing one day for you so you can see how much pain I have to go through. I fully imagine that it's a lot of work. And just for all the listeners, if we ever don't reply or we delay in putting the pod out, we do all have full-time jobs <laughs> and they don't like us spending time away from our jobs doing other tasks. Therefore, we have to do it after work. I think some people think that we genuinely do this for a job. I mean, I think you need to rethink your priorities. If you want the podcast out on time and want us to quit our full-time jobs, just uh, go down to coffee and give us a little quid. Donate loads of money. Go to coffee.com forward slash grassrootsrobbypod. Donate a million pounds, roughly, something like that, and that will keep us in podcasting for the foreseeable future. The pods will be out on time. Do you want want something that really worries me about going down to Devon next week? What? Autographs. Well, yeah, I'm a bit concerned about that because my handwriting is not the best. Um, oh God! Yeah, and also I need to I need to sort of do something about my bald spot for all the photos and selfies of me. You're from Somerset, so they'll just accept it. Yeah, they will actually. Might have to. So should I dig up my old Somerset Somerset accent? Speak no. to a bit of a no, no, no. Okay. 
people who know us through the podcast obviously think we're like quite polished and quite, you know, generally quite funny and quite intelligent. <laughs> what they don't realise is the raw recording is basically a stuttering, stammering, talking over each other, like making crap jokes. So, but we can't edit ourselves in in a live situation. So we're going to get there, and like everyone's going to be like, "Oh, they were much funnier in on a pod." <laughs> you know, so like the real life, like massively disappointed. Having sat at that meeting, yeah. with you guys talking about the rugby games coming up. I mean, we didn't really talk much about rugby. We spent most of the time making jokes and taking the piss out of each other. So I think you'll be fine taking making laughs with everyone. For the listeners, some idiot suggested that Sherry might want to look at. <laughs> how do we describe this? without offending the younger listeners. Marital aids on Amazon. <laughs> we what? started off talking about footballs. Yeah, and we ended up talking about a certain type of marital aid that requires a pump. So you can imagine what happened to Sherry when she went down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I just looked at marital aids on Google and I'm going to revoke that. I didn't actually know what you meant and then I realised it was Sherry and you meant sex toys. Yeah, yeah look at the inflatable ones. I think we're funnier in real life. <laughs> We are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Molly. Where the fuck is Reed? Well, she's currently Oven. cleaning out the deep fat fries, probably. If you say Molly, are we doing the team announcement first? <laughs> I can't because we're still waiting on them four names. We got them. Well, you might have them on your email. Just make them up. No, because look how what a shit show last time was. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get all the flack and get people personally messaging me going, oh, you didn't put me on the team, <laughs> a.k.a. Goose. <laughs> Sorry, but so, I am like the most important, so just saying. So, so what we can do, actually, here we go. What we could do is we've got all of the names, but likely one of them isn't going to play. We don't know which one isn't going to play. So if we, we mention a name that isn't playing, it's better than not mentioning a name that is playing. Right, okay, hang on. Let me Got get that. the program out. So I think, first of all, Molly, we need to hear about your services to the RSPCA this week. Oh, is Louise here? Because I don't want her to miss out on this treat. Yeah. What treat's that? Yes, hi, I'm here. Hello, how are you? <laughs> are, are you degreased? No, I'm not. I'm be straight from work. I can't find the charger to my laptop, the wire for my bloody microphone. I can't find anything. The kids. Ah. Ugh. So how are you actually talking to us then? Just through my laptop. Just through the laptop? Yeah. Oh, dear. You do sound a little bit distant. Well, it is what it is. Goosey sounds like she's been trapped in a submarine that's been exploded (laughs) by the Luftwaffe somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. Do you want me to change my saying so that I go to my microphone on my laptop instead? I think that might be a better idea, yeah. Hang on. I've got to work this. Much as I like the, the 1940s effect. I feel like we're on that submarine. What was it called? The German one. U-375. Um, no, U-275. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, it's better, actually. Yes, yes. Right, hang on. Let me take a swig of vodka. I'm still not recovered. <laughs> so, right, so basically, came back from a, a little trip away for Jarnold's birthday, who's now our newly appointed grassroots head coach, which he's very shocked and thrilled about. Thanks, Batty, for adding him to the programme. Right. I think he was just planning on getting pissed all day, but I was like, to be fair, you still can. True. I don't see True story. being head coach needs to stunt the, um, the alcohol intake. So, arrived back, went to bed, boiling hot when we got back, so we opened all the windows, standard. Went to sleep, went downstairs. Sat on the sofa watching a TV programme. Frankie sat on the rug in the living room and I'm watching the telly. And then I get this like unnerving feeling that somebody's watching me. 
And I'm like, stop being stupid, Molly. You're just being paranoid. Blah, blah, blah. Frankie's sat there all happy. Just, just for listeners, bit- Frankie's a dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel like everyone knows that I've got a dog called Frankie. Yeah, so Frankie's a black Labrador. She's sat on my rug. Just in case you don't know, the rug is blue and I've got a wooden floor. Is that <laughs> clarification enough, yeah? So sat in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> not my rug the rug on the floor <laughs> the rug is blue if, if it was going to dye it it would have to dye it yellow and black and white ready for grassroots game but unf- that's not required anyway so I'm sat watching the telly Frankie sat on the rug on the floor the blue rug I feel like someone's watching me. So I kind of just have a word with myself and say, stop being anxious, Molly, being ridiculous. Carry on watching my program. Go into the kitchen. Josh has gone into the shower. And then I turn around. (laughs) And on top of my curtain pole is a fucking grey squirrel. Sat there (laughs) with its bushy tail, another bush, another grey bush in the room looking at me. (laughs) So... Frankie, the dog, again, stays sitting on the rug in the living room and just looks at me for some kind of, like, clarification of what the fuck is going on. So there's bags everywhere. We've not unpacked. Everything's up shit creek. Josh is in the shower, and I let out the most almighty scream because I don't know what the fuck to do. So all I hear is Josh pull the curtain pole down pretty much in the bathroom, jump out, runs in, in his towel, bollock naked, and he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was not, are you okay? Do you need my assistance? And I just pointed to the squirrel on the curtain pole and said that. So then we're having this massive conflab in the living room. And I was like, right, shut the doors, shut the doors. And then we were like, we're not going near it, blah, blah, blah. So we had to shut the living room door. Then we shut the dog in the bathroom, the poor bugger, opened the back door. And then we both stood there in the kitchen for about three minutes having a conflab about how the fuck we're going to get the squirrel out of the living room. So meanwhile, Josh is just looking at it, going, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I ring Dickie, my father, and say, Dad, got a slight issue. There's a squirrel in the living room. He's like, what did you put that there for? And I'm like, Dad, I've not obviously to put it into the living room. So then Josh goes, well, what are we going to do? So Dad said, just tell Josh to pick it up. And I was like, okay. Don't touch it, seriously. No, don't touch the bastard. So in the end, me and Josh come up with the idea, the best solution is to use the kitchen brush and brush it out of the window. <laughs> Could it not have been like one of those catch it, Daddy, with the bloody... Um, catch it, Daddy. <laughs> I, I was thinking that in my head, but I thought an Irish accent and me flapping around like a bat would not probably <laughs> help the situation. So Josh has put some boxes on now, thank God. Um, didn't want the towel slippage to be an added thing because he doesn't want to go near the squirrel, so he starts brushing the curtains open to try and like do in there. <laughs> and then starts using the brush to open the windows, use the handle. Meanwhile, this squirrel's looking at us like, what the fuck are you two doing? (laughs) And then Josh starts brushing the squirrel towards the window. (laughs) Meanwhile, it proceeds to run back and forth down the curtain pole, shitting and pissing all across the window. So there's squirrel excrements coming down onto the windowsill. The squirrel is just being an absolute fuckwit. 
And Josh is like, don't think the brush is working, babe. <laughs> Meanwhile, I videoed the whole occurrence and um, we'll release to the pod, obviously. But I am a bit nervous. We're going to get like some fucking squirrel person saying that we're being mean to squirrels or something. But we'll come over that bridge. We'll ask our lawyers to speak to them. So in the end, Simon the squirrel ain't leaving. He ain't going through the window. So we have to go to a plan B. Get the gun. So Josh, <laughs> Josh brushes the squirrel off the curtain pole and then proceeds in what I can only describe as the shittest Olympic curling technique ever <laughs> to continually brush the squirrel out the back door. Oh, God. <laughs> what you should have done is got the hoover and then just sucked it up and then like turned the hoover off at the at the wall when it was out the no, window. No, Matt, that's what you would have well, done. Yeah. <laughs> But got history with squirrels. the sticking point of this issue is as Simon the squirrel left, he left a lovely little nugget on the way out. <laughs> I shut the door, forgot about the whole situation after we'd cleaned all the squirrel matter up and then sat on the sofa having my dinner. And the little fucker came and sat on our windowsill in the <laughs> kitchen and gave us a little wink. Oh my so God. getting back from holiday was yeah was with Simon our new resident was not the most pleasurable and actually squirrel shit's really hold weird. on a minute it is a little pellet how long has the squirrel been in mm. your house we don't know but then <laughs> went to see Joyce yesterday and she was telling me this really fucking awful story about when she had squirrels in her house very similar thing minus the brush and the ginger brushing curling the squirrel out the door <laughs> and she got rid of mother squirrel and then a couple of weeks later three baby squirrels oh. so i'm just waiting for the squirrels to take over should have got the, the squirrel whisperer in hey matt Oh yeah, I tried to hand rear a baby squirrel for a while during lockdown. <laughs> Only you, Matt. It wasn't very Why? successful. Why? Well, the cat brought a squirrel in, and I'm always a bit reluctant to euthanize. And it was kind of little and cute and a bit like bald and had his eyes shut and all Is of this. So, <laughs> yeah, bald, half asleep. Um, so my initial plan was to return it to its mother, but it's quite hard to do. So this was a, the stupidest plan I've ever had in my life, right? So I went on to... <laughs> I can't even remember telling this story. I went onto the internet. <laughs> and, I and I downloaded baby squirrel noises. And then I put... <laughs> I, I, put <laughs> I put the squirrel in, on a, in a box, little cardboard box, which I nailed to the fence outside. And then I put a tiny little Bluetooth speaker in the box with the squirrel. And then I played through my phone squirrel noises so hoping that the mother squirrel to come and get it but sadly how did that go not great because the bluetooth connection was wasn't was a bit strained really so it was mostly white noise with a little bit of squirrel sounds and the the squirrels in the trees weren't interested so i then thought i'd hand rear it did any of your neighbors witness this and think that lockdown had finally made you go totally insane because you had a squirrel in a box with the speaker Pretty much, yeah. So then I tried to hand rear it, which was absolute nightmare because like squirrels they need feeding all the bloody time. So I had to use this syringe and some puppy milk, and I had to set my alarm for like every four hours basically to, to give this squirrel some food to keep it going. And it, this, it to start off with it was quite it was okay because it used to live in this sock like a little pouch, it used to live in this sock, and I'd feed it and it would run around a little bit. But 
I had a bit of a problem with the syringe. It was a bit sticky. Um, oh. Yeah. So you know where this is going. So I hadn't cleaned it out properly. It was a bit stiff. And I went to feed it one day and I basically injected about 300 millimeters of puppy milk into the squirrel forcibly. Large amount of oh. it. Yeah. So it went into his lungs. Um, it wasn't oh. good. So then the stupid plan of mine continued after this. So I kind of researched it. I got into this ridiculous wormhole of like squirrel husbandry. <laughs> And I found, <laughs> I found these stupid websites of people that had all these great ideas about squirrels. I found this particular drug that can be used for clearing pneumonia in squirrels. <laughs> so, so, so I, look, I'm no chemist, right? So uh, I managed to find a friend of ours, you know, George Richards, a friend of ours that had some, some uh, medication from a cesarean section that had the same <laughs> antibiotics in this medication but i had to use like um uh, uh, like the tiniest of micro doses and as i'm not a drug dealer right i don't have a set of scales that can measure those tiny amounts so i did it the best as i could based on general guesstimate yeah anyway i gave the squirrel a, a kind of concoction of medication in it it went very very stiff and that was the end of that you gave the squirrel an epidural yeah basically not epidural I gave it some, I think it was like a combination of morphine and I don't know what, but it didn't work. So you euthanized it. In the yeah, end. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd spend like two weeks basically being, being like a new mother <laughs> up, up and down in the night, hand rearing the squirrel, only to kill it with a cocktail of chemicals. So. Bloody hell. Yeah. So listeners out there. Don't, You've raised yeah. two children, have you, Matt? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's a loose term, that raised. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but they, they are a pain in the arse. We had them in the loft, and well, yes. yeah. But yeah, so I opened the loft hatch one day, and it was just like little beady eyes staring at me. Can we just pause there a minute, Matt, to say that why were there so many squirrels around? Oh, that because you'd fed the the ones before. Yeah, no squirrels because they're so lovely. And then what happened? They infested your loft. Yeah, oh, but not only that, but they also let my chickens out <laughs> by chewing through the chicken's netting <laughs> to get to their food quicker. It was like a perpetual motion machine of pet disaster, basically. <laughs> and they're not even yeah. pets. Oh. No. They're horrible bastards. They are. They're horrible yeah. so, keep, so keep well away from squirrels, people. Well, I'm now sat with my feet above my bed because I'm so nervous that I've now got a squirrel infestation somewhere because it turns out they're not very nice things. They're really aggressive. Um, but do we need to do a disclaimer? Because we can't even say it now, Matt. We can't say no squirrels were harmed in the making of this pod because you fucking killed one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're actually trying to reduce the grey squirrel population. Well, there you go. So I'm public service. I can probably in get fact, a grant for it. They've started putting, what's it called? And you don't want kids. You take it. I can't remember the word. Contraceptives. Contraception. <laughs> we started putting contraceptives in sort of nut butters and leaving around parks. It's not one of your strong points, contraception, Jodie, is it? We've had this discussion before. It was just the word. I couldn't think of it, but I don't yeah. use them for obvious reasons. No. No. Yeah. Hey, I I've actually, you should remember this. Like, you know when you go out on a night out mm -hmm. and you fancy a bloke <laughs> uh, or a bloke fancies a girl and one of your friends gets in the way of them? Yeah. You know, what do we call it? A cock blocker. It stops you, a cock blocker, right? What's the what's the lesbian equivalent, Jodie? Uh, it's a beaver dam. <laughs> 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 
I'm properly tickled with that. The, the beaver dam. Brilliant. That's so funny. <laughs> I don't know if it actually is. It's just the one that I've always used on nights out. Is it? What it is it's, now? Yeah, it's official now, Jodie. Yeah, it is. A lot of good that the rugby chat's been front and centre of our podcast this evening. So, Goose, I think... Uh, yeah, so, Goose, obviously, people don't know you. No. We've mentioned you a few times on the pod before. I mean, but well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, and your rugby journey? Okay, so my other half, Rich, is a big, for his sins, Gloucester fan. Um, so oh, no, shocking. And uh, so we used to go and watch Gloucester quite a lot because all his family support Gloucester. And one night we were there and the England Ladies World Cup winning squad were there showing off their trophy and their medals and I got to meet them all and have my photo taken with them all randomly by the photographer for Exeter Chiefs and yeah Rich looked at me and said I didn't look out of place so decided to give rugby a try and what am I now seven seasons later here I am still playing this sport I thought you said seven years years later (laughs) yes I'm a very old lady Uh, in fact, we're nearly on the the anniversary of the day you got Kez's tooth stuck in your head, isn't it? I know. And where did we have to play our friendly? Back at Sutton Coldfield, yeah. where my blood still stains the pitch, along with Kez's <laughs> <laughs> That was quite a sight, it has to be said. Yeah, it was pretty horrific. And trying to explain to my mother what had happened the week before my brother got married, when I was due to give a, a, uh, a reading in the church at his wedding when I couldn't even see out of my left eye and had seven stitches in my head it was not the best conversation. I think I avoided FaceTime with my mum for about four days so that she couldn't see what happened. So yeah, great times. Play oh, rugby. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's se- sexy sport. Oh, it's brilliant. It is very much so. Stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref my favorite well not in a good way probably actually because we didn't get the tribe but on one game we had a ref who was unfortunately slightly unfit and couldn't quite keep up with the gameplay so so our number nine amy she scored a try and i was with her i support like i followed and it was an epic try but unfortunately by the time he got there they had come underneath and like made it look like it had been held up and because he couldn't keep up Unfortunately, we weren't awarded the try, and it happened twice in the game. It was just the most frustrating thing, and it was a home game as well, so we obviously had a lot of people there watching. It was gutting, absolutely gutting, but thankfully it was only a friendly and not a league match Um, because I think else we would have been a bit more mad. Yeah, particularly if it was one of those games that properly matters if you're losing a, a couple of points in it. Yeah, I remember I took a few conversions on that game and as I would be like waiting for my tea to be ran on, he would just be like, oh, take your time, honestly, I need to catch my breath. (laughs) 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 Oh, it just made me chuckle and I was like, to be honest, so do I, so no worries. (laughs) Brilliant. So message out there to refs, if you're not hitting the pre-season, there's going to be problems. Get in the the gym or something. Yeah, we've had some characters, I would say. You need characters, I think, don't you? Providing the game's safe, you kind of need some of these little moments, yeah. I think, don't you? Because it keeps it grassroots and it kind of... Definitely. Uh, keep, keep, as long as it's consistent across both teams, you, know, yeah. you, you can let the odd mistake go, can't you? It's when one team seems to get the rub of the green, the other team doesn't, then it gets a bit frustrating. So, Molly, I think it's time, isn't it? The big announcement. It, oh, 
Are you ready? Are you ready? Because I've got, I've got to be honest. I'm just going to make another vodka. I, I did my best last time to edit your section so that it sounded like you were knowledgeable on top of all the organisation, that you were you know, keeping tabs of all the players. But even my magic with the editing still gave people <laughs> the impression that things were a little chaotic behind the scenes. So Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's been quite a task next year. I think that you should do it, Batty. <laughs> So it's not part of my skills, We so. haven't even done this one yet. We're in demand. We're that swamped with applicants. We're going to have to do another one. No, jokes aside, I am ready, but I was going to make another vodka. So can we do something else first and then I can make a drink? Yeah, let's do it. And also, Matt, just, just again to clarify, when we recorded said episode, how long did it take to get released? Um, normally two, three days. Uh, we have more real answers. We record it on the 25th of June. And when did it get released? July. Late. Yeah, so, yeah, late, late. I mean, we were teetering on August. So then I've got all these people that have messaged me in July, and obviously they're not in it, plus the people that are fucked up in the first place. So it's all just gone down the swan. It has. On top of that as well, actually, I'll tell the story while you make yourself a drink, Molly. Thank you. Those of you that have been following the pod recently, will know how excited we were about the grassroots barbarians. Unfortunately, the legal team at the actual barbarians <laughs> took exception to that. So one of the reasons we got Goose on the pod tonight is because <laughs> as a qualified lawyer, you know, she's there to make sure we don't say anything that might, you know, wind up with some kind of uh, court case or something. But I mean I think we've passed we were, up yeah, the I, squirrel I, chat, I think, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's Peter followed by the RSPCA. Yeah, I think I sunk that shit. Followed by the squirrel protection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we got a call from the actual barbarians basically saying yeah sorry that that name's ours so i had to then rapidly think of a plan so fortunately i managed to get to halbro quick enough to get the logo changed on the kit that was currently was about to be put in the production cycle in my haste i thought right let's call it the, the nomads because that's a recognized name for a kind of roving team but what i didn't think about was the shortening of grassroots and nomads to gonads <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if i'd had a bit more time i might have come up with a name that's perhaps a little little less anatomical Particular. yeah exactly so yeah the grassroots nomads <laughs> yeah exactly but but the kit arrived today it looks unbelievable but we have had to change names which is a little bit disappointing but Fair play to the barbarians. They were really good about it. And whilst we have had to change, they've also promised uh, a little sweetener, which hopefully we'll be able to talk about in November time, so. which is very nice. So Goose, you're one of the nomads, mm-hmm. as, you, as are you, Jodie. What are you expecting is going to happen on the day then? Uh, well, just lots of fun. I mean, for me personally, I've never played rugby in my home city, uh, in my home county. So I'm just looking forward to a big crowd, majority of which might be my family. So I apologise in advance to anybody who stands near my mother who will be terribly worried about what is about to happen. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to fun. The Exosaries girls are hilarious. Their coach, Lee, is just brilliant. Went to a training session with them whilst I was back home. And, yeah, he is just such a laugh. So looking forward to seeing all those guys again just generally playing rugby with a load of random strangers and just seeing that that's what rugby's all about when we all just come together and chuck a ball around. So yeah, it should be really fun. Excellent. How about you, Jodie? What are you, what are you looking to get out of the day? 
I feel like with it being one of the first games of the sort of season, I know we played a game last uh, last weekend, but it's sort of opening up the season, sort of setting the sort of goals for what the rest of the season is going to be. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing some of the X skills because we've had obviously Sarah on the pod before and she's hilarious. It'd be so good to meet her in real life and just get to speak with some of the people who listen to us on a weekly, well, a monthly basis, depending on whenever the pod comes out and just getting to see them, talk with them, talk rugby talk podcast stuff and play some good rugby exactly and Lou you've got a very important job on the day you want to tell the listeners what it is um I am chief fines officer apparently <laughs> I will not be playing rugby I should be mainly drinking but I would be looking out for uh, any ridiculous incidents mainly rugby related but not exclusively though could be anything and um, probably some of them the majority of them made up each team's nominated their own fines officer goose has already been fined twice <laughs> what for? twice because, one for job avoidance yeah. and the second for swearing at batty in the group chat oh yeah oh i'm not sure that's fine worthy apparently <laughs> i mean i think batty deserves a fine for giving out fines before the day's even been here I don't make the rules. I just live by oh, them. You don't even can. make the rules, though, do you, Batty? Lou makes the rules. She's <laughs> fine, officer. Just saying. Ah. <laughs> so, Goose, actually, as an independent observer, I spoke to Sarah at Exeter Saracens a couple of days ago. She basically thinks that the Exeter Saracens team would be classed as beginners, let's say. And she says that she's thinking that they should have uncontested scrums. So as an independent observer, Goose, mm. and a player of some some experience and calibre <laughs> of yourself, would you say that the X as a Saracens team, team is capable of competing in scrum? Hell yes. Yeah, I think she's trying to pull the wool over your eyes there. But I only got to meet a handful of their squad because it was on their... They, do, they train twice a week and it was like the quiet night that they train. But the players that I saw are pretty gritty and pretty feisty. So I don't think they'll have any issues with putting up and fight. And we're not there to play tiddlywinks, so what's the point in playing uncontested scrums? Just going to put that out there. Well, there you go, Sarah. I know you're listening, so you've been found out again. (laughs) Well, no one likes an uncontested scrum. It's bloody boring. (laughs) Is that not a fine for Sarah for even suggesting uncontested scrums? Chief Fines Officer will make sure that it's filtered down to the the fine representative in the Saracen squad. Excellent. (laughs) We've got to follow due process here. We don't want anyone going rogue. Bloody hell, I'm going to have to start writing them down. Yeah, exactly. It'll be chaos otherwise. It'll be chaos. Polly, you back from, you got your vodka in your hand. Uh, yeah, okay. no, I'm just, to be honest, I'm halfway down that one now. You lot have been wittering on. Right, um, here we go. This is it. No, hang on. I just wanted to do a little prelude. We were talking about people's impressions of us before we meet them, and Matt's concerned that people won't find us as funny in real life, Louise. So... I've played down how organised I am, how funny I am, and just come across as a bit of a moron in hope that when everyone meets me, they'll be like, fucking hell, she's great. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I've been dog shit. So are we yes, ready? We're ready. We were we're ready do about a month yeah. ago, but yeah, go on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, to be fair, you've got to stick no, I'm, up, I'm gonna stick up for you. It has yeah, been a mission. mission. There's been a little bit of ghosting, a little bit of flakiness. I've never been ghosted before. It was really quite bizarre. Anyway, team, grassroots, or in brackets, go nuts. (laughs) We have... Do we know laughing when I read this out? Because I've got some pronunciation skills that need to be through. (laughs) Do you have Zimbabwean or Binjuice 15, no? 
Yeah. All right then, Louise, you do my intro and then I'll go. You do the the intro bit and then I'll. Okay, go. so this is the team for the Grassroots Gonads Invitational Fifteen Bin Juice. Jen Moss, Wing, Brixham Sirens. Izzy Walters, Prop, Pershaw RFC. Tasha Curry, Nine, Slash Flanker, Brackets, Plays Anywhere, Crediting Cougars. <laughs> Akessa, Tura, Ganna, Baloo. That's definitely wrong. I, I apologise, Akessa. We'll call it Akessa T. Front row, Supermarine Ladies. Emily Cotterby, Hooker, Devonport Services. Ella Forrest, front row, Swanage and Wareham. Hayley Lloyd, little bit injured, fullback, <laughs> Cheltenham North. Lil Shane, second row, Stourbridge RFC. Lucy hey. Goosey, utility back, crew and Nantwich. Jody Hines, wherever <laughs> I'm put, Yay. brackets, wherever I can graft, pod host. Victoria Rush, fly half, slash fullback, Richmond RFC. Gabrielle Collins, flanker, second row, Bath Ladies. Bloody hell, she's going to be good. Kay Gilder, flanker, Cheltenham North RFC. Alex Evans, centre, fly half, Stourbridge RFC. Lauren Forrow, flanker, centre, Topsham Ladies. Sophie Gunning, second row, Ivy Bridge RFC. Adriana Marquez, scrum half, Cheltenham North. The Chez <laughs> says. <laughs> 9.5, always in the channel, <laughs> podcast host. Page Dancer Workman. Can you not stop laughing? Page Dancer Workman, Scrum Half, Cheltenham North. Vinny, team is not known. Plays anywhere. Right, now this is the bit now, Matt, so you need to edit this little bit while I'm talking. Which ones are we doing a Sally or are we just going just go for, for it? go for it, do all of them. All right, stand by. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Roger, Roger, I'm can you hear me? Sally Binstead, front row or number eight? Should not have in my shirt. <laughs> I actually, edit that, edit that bit out. No joking. Sally, you can have my shirt. I'll watch from the bar. Again, yes. no team. Yeah, there is Siobhan. team. Aretians. There is a... Matt, is that where you're from? Aretians ladies in Bristol. Okay, rewind, It rewind. says at the bottom of our message, Aretians. It says, yep, all Aretians. Was I supposed to read that bit out? We'd have to read the yep bit, the Aretians <laughs> bit. <laughs> I'm reading what I've been given. Right. Yeah, this is this is working so well, Molly. Um... Right, I've just nailed 22. I didn't sign up for the 27. Right. Sally Binstead, front row or number eight, Aretians. Siobhan Crean, flanker, Aretians. Kaylee Williams, second row or flanker, Aretians. Joey Beadle Collier, Hooker, Aretians. Chantel Keeler, centre or wing, Aretians. Kaylee Bidder, pretty much any position. Don't tell Jodie. Oh, that means do tell Jodie. Oh, there you go. Two utility players in one team, Jodie. No. That could be love right there. You need to find out which your favourite position is. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> is that it? Who's the coach? <clears throat> Head coach and squirrel catcher <laughs> Joshua Arnold. Squirrel the squirrel sweeper. catcher. The squirrel sweeper. Yeah. Squirrel sweeper. Yeah. Well, I did really well until I got the Aretians. That wasn't bad. 
I could probably edit that to make it sound seamless and professional, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I was waiting for my round of applause, dickheads, but do you know what? I'll take a swig of vodka. I'm joined on the podcast today by Joey Sundercock from Launston Ladies down in Cornwall. Hello, Joey. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Joey and Launston were the lucky winners of our competition a few months back, hence how we know them. And you were in receipt of a nice shiny kit. So you haven't worn that yet, have you, as a team? No, it is still freshly folded. Um, we are really looking forward to having a run out in it on the 27th, but we've tried it on to check it fits. But other than that, it's not been worn on the pitch yet. Excellent. How's it looking? Yeah, really, really nice. It's a really bright pink and we love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing it uh, in action next week. Joey, your team is part of our big event on the 27th as well. How are the plans and preparations going for that? Yeah, really well. We've had um we started preseason um last month. Um so we started in July, which is a lot earlier than usual because obviously we don't usually start our preseason games till September, but because of the game on the 27th, we thought we'd get a bit of early practice in, but it's been really good. We've done a lot of fitness um and only recently just started doing some gameplays. It's really good. We've had a great turnout again this year, so we're very lucky. I think we're all a little bit worried about Launceston as a team to play against because the grassroots nomads team, we have absolutely no idea what the standard's going to be like. We've got about 24 players that are coming down on the 27th down to Exeter uh, from all over different parts of the the UK and the Southwest. And we genuinely don't know what we're bringing. (laughs) We we know the players that we're familiar with from the podcast and from up north, but the ones that are coming from different parts of uh, the UK could be amazing team or not so i'm pretty certain launson are going to be the favorites on the day oh gosh it's a lot to live up to <laughs> we're um there we're, we had a great season last season we did really well it's our first season actually in a league so we are pretty new to it ourselves but we did have a blinder as some would say we've got a whole new team this year pretty much so and there's only about 50% of us that have come back from last season because a lot have gone to uni and so forth so we'll see don't want to get too too excited we're excited to get the new ones out as well absolutely i think as well this time of year you're so mindful of hard ground and potential injuries and all that going into the season so i think what will probably happen is it would be quite tentative to start with and then once everyone kind of gets used to running around with the ball in their hands it will probably be quite full-on i'd imagine yeah definitely and i mean a lot of our pre-season has been mainly fitness so it's been a long time since we've all kind of done had a game so yeah it's, i think we're all going to be a bit a bit rusty to start with i reckon excellent well like i said no idea what we're bringing it promises to be an excellent day all around joey tell me a little bit about launson ladies then you know how did you set up how does it come about and you know where are you on your journey we actually tried to start launson ladies roughly around six seven years ago but unfortunately it didn't hit the ground running and wasn't enough um, women interested so three years ago we started Launceston ladies now that there's carried on women's rugby has obviously gotten a lot bigger since then but we tried it we had a massive turnout and since then we've grown and grown but we didn't enter a league for a long time because obviously we were very new to it we just had a few friendlies here and there but then covid hit so that put a bit of a spanner in the works and then with last season we came back fighting um fit ready ready for a season of rugby without any cancellations or anything and yeah it went extremely well for us we won every game but one where we we missed out by two points I think in the end but um we still joint top of the league board so all in all we were chuffed with that we 
didn't expect it in the slightest. So yeah, it was a big season for us. And you're going up into a higher league next season, I'm guessing. Yeah, so the leagues have changed. So there is actually like been a bit of a rejig. So there's some people that we're still playing against purely because they've just rejigged the whole thing and um yeah but it's good we've got a lot more teams to play which means instead of playing like every other Sunday and having maybe like two weeks off we're actually playing most weekends now so it's amazing well let's fingers crossed that the new squad that you've been building over the summer is raring to go and the higher league isn't too much of a step up in my experience you generally find that until you get up into the championship the difference between the leagues isn't massive there'll probably be a couple of very good teams in there and a couple of teams that are building and a few that perhaps have had a bit of a hiccup or two over the off season I think typically teams lose a few players when the end of the season hits like you said though they go to people go to uni people stop playing people join different clubs and so on so I'd imagine it'll probably be fairly evenly matched yeah it'll be good to have some stiff competition like we always for our friendlies we always organize to play a league above us anyway just because we like it when it, it we have to work for it it's never a good game when some team puts so many points on the other team it's just not nice to watch it's nice to have like a level peg or even a bit more of a, a task or a challenge so we love the local derby so we're loving it and who's your biggest rival in the area then even though we love viewed dearly they are viewed ladies are our, our local rivals they are very similar um standard to us it's always a close game um it's always one to watch everyone always comes and watches that one just because it's local and it's like the battle of the the cornish but no it's we love them more dearly like um i played a lot with a lot of the viewed ladies in the cornwall squad so we are all really good friends but when it comes to to that launston and viewed match it um yeah friendships definitely put aside (laughs) (laughs) excellent and what about the coaching then who are your coaches and how do they get into coaching the women's game my dad is actually our head coach, um, Martin, and he is has done it from the get-go. He's the one who tried to start it up um, years and years ago, failed, and then obviously we had a go again and, and then was successful. So he has been part of Launceston Rugby Club for years. He used to play when he was young, and then he trained the minis and the men. So yeah, he's done a lot with the club in general. So now then he took on the challenge of Launceston ladies and I definitely think you would say it was a challenge he said he said it hasn't been easy but it's been rewarding so that's good but um other than that we now have a new backs coach called Alex she's really really good she's a player herself but unfortunately not playing this season just due to injuries and so forth so yeah she's come on and brought a lot to it she's taught us loads um but other than that we have our player coaches and our captain in the forwards um mel and kim who pretty much um run the forwards so uh, we don't actually have a coach for our forwards at present it's, we just have player coaches but they're really experienced and been playing for years so their input is really really helpful having your dad as a coach though, that must present a few problems oh my god it's the worst it's the absolute <laughs> worst <laughs> you know I love my dad dearly but um yeah having him as a coach is difficult yeah tough love and but to be fair pros and cons it does push me to be better and keeps him on my toes so you just resort into being a 14 year old girl when it gives you a bit of a beasting oh god yeah and you just have to bite your tongue sometimes and <laughs> even if you think you've um you've done well yeah you've got to take it take it on the chin what about you joe what, what's your journey been in rugby um so i was always from a very young age in a little beach tent on the side of the pitch watching my brother but mainly probably coloring in because i wasn't that interested when i was younger i did play a bit of tag rugby when i was younger at the club and then i got into horse riding so that, <laughs> that took up a lot of my time but when when they started up again in Launceston, I 
joined and I've yeah been playing now for the three years that we've been a team oh my god it's quite literally my world it has taken over my life my boyfriend also plays for the men's team so it's um yeah it's our life and we love it and everything revolves around rugby really but we wouldn't have it any other way I found such a family in it and I just eat sleep and breathe rugby now (laughs) so very much a home away from home by the sounds of it Definitely. Even when I don't have training, I go down to the club and I work on, so I play 10. So I work on my kicking a lot down there on my own because don't have the time to do it on a Tuesday training night. So even when I'm not meant to be there, I am. <laughs> what about Launceston as a club then? Yeah, so um, Launceston Rugby Club has been around for years. It's been around a very long time. It's a brilliant club. We've got four big training pitches and then we have our main pitch with a grandstand one side and then a standing shelter the other, a nice big clubhouse and and bar and yeah everything really it's it's got everything you need it's a brilliant club so we have a men's first team and a men's second team and then we have numbers and numbers of mini juniors so many and then we have under 18 girls colts and ladies so yeah we have a very large amount of players throughout the club and there's always stuff on there's training nights pretty much every night of the week ladies and minis play on Sundays and the men play on Saturdays yeah there's always something going on it's very rare you ever go down to the club and someone isn't there (laughs) how have the men embraced having a women's section within the club um so at the start it was a little different they I wouldn't say they um it was open arms as such but they have come to terms with it now and um, I think it's just one of those things it's the nature of it women's rugby wasn't a big thing it wasn't that well known and a lot of people still now don't really like it's very rare to ever bump into somebody in the pub and they've watched women's rugby on the telly it's just unfortunately not quite there yet but it will be I've got hopes <laughs> high hopes the men they are great now they a lot of them come and watch us play and so we've had a few that have been um, badly injured from games but then they use their Tuesday nights now to come down and help us and give us tips so they have been very good to us in that respect it's always good to get other people's opinions on how our drills are and things like that so that's been really helpful um and then when they go back to play and obviously we we go and watch them and support so it is we've become a very nice tight-knit club now where everybody supports everybody but definitely at the start it, it was quite hard because I don't think we were taken seriously as such at the start it was like oh they're just down here for a bit of fun or just to get away from the kids on a Tuesday night but now we're definitely respected um and especially from winning our first league they definitely took that as like wow these girls actually mean business here yeah we're serious about it just as serious as they are it was a slow burner but we're there now you personally joey what has rugby given to you oh everything it's given me so much confidence and i've never really believed in myself and the girls they're just so supportive and even when you feel like you've had a like a not so successful training session you get feedback from them when you get home on on your phone or something and they build you up so much it's like having your own little fan club it's brilliant and everybody just supports everyone and I've grown so much from it I've never really found anything that I've I've never wanted to not like stop doing I've kind of like had hobbies and and then gone on to something else but rugby it's like one of those things I could never imagine myself ever not doing it's a massive part of my life I love it with all my heart and it's just made me stronger and just a better person like I play 10 so I'm not built like a forward but 
so I had like really good tackle stats last season and the girls were like oh you could play flanker and it's just it opens you to so many opportunities like I don't think I'm necessarily a strong fit person but like I do my best but the girls they make you better every day just makes you want to better yourself so that you can succeed well and do well for them and being part of a team it just speaks for itself it's like doing things on your own it's just not the same as like having your team and we are like I say we are such a family we do everything together we even when we're not got a game we end up organizing something like this Saturday we're all off to a water park just because we all love spending time with one another what about growing the team how did you go about building to where you are today so we've used social media a lot yeah, I'd say social media has been our friend as such. We do, obviously, we put um, flyers and stuff out locally and everything, but so a lot of us have brought along friends and so forth. Mainly social media. We've got so much following now. It's like crazy because we're like, we're a little town in Cornwall. Like we never thought we would end up having like 1,113 followers on TikTok. It's crazy. It's Yeah, it's just like sometimes it's a pinch yourself moment because we, even to be for me to be speaking on this podcast today it's like mind-blowing to us because we don't consider ourselves to be even known remotely so yeah it's um it's big for us but we've mainly gained players from word of mouth just through telling your friends and getting them to come along but mostly through social media so we get a lot of people that come down they're on holiday um they're back home sorry from uni and they'll just pop us a message saying oh, I've, I've seen your tiktok or your instagram or something do you mind if I pop down just for some fitness and like and it's brilliant because even though they're not staying or they might not be able to play games they've then told their friends about it home and then those friends come so yeah I'd say like social media and word of mouth has been our main source of finding players but yeah it's lovely I mean we have mothers and daughters that play together on our team and yeah it it's just yeah amazing really what variety we have we did start out having not very many young people on our team and now all of a sudden We've got loads of youngsters that have come up through under-18s or something. So, yeah, it's it varies all the time. But I just, yeah, I love the fact that we have a mother and daughter, two mother and daughters that play. I just think it's amazing, like, that we've we've spread so far. Yeah, absolutely. You'll be international when the podcast goes out as well. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> we have crazily pockets of listeners in funny parts of the world. So I'd love to know who's been listening to us from like Abu Dhabi and places like that. Hopefully on the 27th, we're going to have a very excellent ref. I'm not even worried about that in the slightest. I'm excited more than anything. <laughs> yeah, we're so cool. I'm, yeah, this day is, it feels like it's, it's taken forever to come, but now it's just around the corner and I'm like a kid at Christmas. I just cannot wait. I must say, I'm starting to get the fear a little bit. I was going to go swimmingly, Matt. <laughs> I keep asking myself what can possibly go wrong. And then I start reading off this ridiculous list of things that could go wrong in my head. <laughs> um, but I, I think provided the weather's okay, that's my biggest concern. If it really, really hammers down, then it could be a bit different, couldn't it? But If yeah, it hammers already, down before, yeah. then it'll be great because it can soften the ground up a bit. But yeah, yeah we could do some sunshine on the day. I have been checking the weather, so fingers yeah, crossed. Definitely. And I'm hoping your team has got somebody that can down a pint really quickly. We, yeah, but literally only one. We're really bad. That's one thing they said. And we were like going over like at the end of last season, we would sit around in a circle at, tra- at the last training night and we all had a can of cider and we was all going through what we need to improve on. And literally everybody said like their rugby bit. And then, but like everybody said after, 
and down in a pint. Like yeah. I'm useless, absolutely useless. I always say ne- never give me back of the match because I will let you down. Like I cannot sink a pint. But we've got two twins, Jenna and Megan, and they are saints. They they do they take one for the team. Do they? Well, they'll be up against the Mexican pint downing champion next week, so they better be putting in some practice yeah. this week. I'll tell them we've got um after the water park on tomorrow we're all going back to um our ex captain's house for a big barbecue so I might I might have to get them in the training <laughs> definitely definitely because it'll probably be streamed live on Facebook or something so yeah there's a possibility for significant embarrassment there oh god I'll make sure I don't tell them that till like just before <laughs> yeah probably probably a good idea definitely. make sure they turn up <laughs> yeah absolutely so one thing that's been a recurring theme on the podcast somewhat bizarrely for for me as i guess lead anchor is the the concept of shower etiquette mm-hmm. but what's it like in launston are you generally quite a clean bunch or have you got some wet wipes and disappearing off just after the game kind of characters oh definitely there's people that don't shower at all or there are yeah definitely the ones that crack out the wet wipes i'd say that's only like 10 percent of the team 10 percent of the team there's a few that don't stay after because they've got a dash off or something or you get yeah you get the one that's in the change room or goes off to the toilet to get changed bless them but that's usually like the under 18s coming up because they're like not really they're obviously they're quite young and new so they're a bit shyer but I mean most of us are, we've known each other for that long now I just don't care <laughs> good I'm glad to hear it I think we want a mission as a podcast to eliminate the wet wipe brigade because oh yeah bin the wet wipes bin the wet wipes they don't get off the mud when it's been really a really wet like in the winter for example when you're literally head to toe in mud I think you'd actually be worse off yeah you would just going to spread it around aren't you yeah ingrain it into all the all the pores on your legs and yeah. all the rest of you definitely. and I just watch them they've just wet wiped and then they go to put jeans on and I just think oh god that must be so uncomfortable it must be particularly if you then have to sit in a car for any length of time on the way home yeah no games we play are very close like we no. always have to travel a good hour or so it needs to be eliminated from the game somehow so if you're listening and using wet wipes, stop. Maybe we but should I- just up the fines. Anyone wet wiping gets Gone. like yeah. a £50 fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. We, we can distribute some of the lovely embroidered grassroots flannels that will be coming down to the tournament next week yeah. for those that you know, use wet wipes. And also, they're, they're not very environmentally friendly, are they? No. They're cleaning themselves up with wet wipes and now you know, encasing them in all kinds of filth off the pitch and then they're running up in the water system so they're also um not cheap anymore <laughs> like with prices going up i think they're like yeah ridiculously priced in tesco now <laughs> there you go so you shower after the game and using wet wipes is costing you a tenner whereas if you just use the club water it's free exactly well joey listen it's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you and i know we've had quite a number of conversations over the last couple of weeks but i know i can speak for the rest of the pod crew we cannot wait to come and meet you next week we're yeah, so same, excited same with me. a little it bit nervous really, really nice to actually put like i know we've like video chatted but it's nice it'd be nice to see everyone in the flesh um because it feels like it's been a long time coming Going on to knock on, knock off. Do I have need to explain the rules to you? Yeah, you better have. Okay. So I'm going to give you a list of teams. These teams are either made up or they are real. If they are real, they are a knock on. If I've made them up, they are a knock off. I will go through you all and ask you all individually where you think it's knock on or a knock off. Literally can't wait. Le knock off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do not have a pen.
Don't go to France anytime soon, pen, Excuse me. I have a new pen. Are you in your right. new house now, Jade? No, uh, I'm just in the same house, but the Wi-Fi got changed, so it's rubbish. Whoever wins, wins absolutely nothing, except the glory <laughs> of knowing they beat probably Molly. Um, <laughs> and today's theme, this game. <laughs> today's theme is French, uh, as chosen by Molly herself. So, oh, I've revised, I'm ready. Right, so Molly chose France. <laughs> And so she's revised that, but no one else knew that it was France. So no one else has had a chance oh, to revise. Do they not? I'm pretty Yeah, sure. well, if you'd have read the it's chat. Sake. I don't even know why I'm bothering, because even if I'd have revised, I'd still bloody lose. What's the problem? All right, nothing. So there are six teams today. There are. Shall we start with the first? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I am not French. Let's make that clear from the get-go. Saint Priest Rugby Club. Saint Priest Rugby Club. How are you spelling Priest? Priest is P-R-I-E-S-T. As in priest, as in the guys with the funny hats that fill around kids. Sorry. Again, as your lawyer, I'm going to step in there. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Better batty, better. (laughs) St. Priest. I'm going to say knock off. Okay, knock on. I'm going to say knock on. Knock on. I'm going knock on. Yeah, what Molly said. Okay. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> okay. Points to Mol, Lou, and Goose. Oh, yeah! <laughs> See, revision paid off. Although I only did 10 minutes, so I'm not sure I'm going to get all six, but I'll take yeah, one. Me that's too. Better than that's same. <laughs> uh, the next is US Cognac. Aren't you going to tell us a little bit about. Oh, sorry. Saint yeah, Priest so say, sorry. Saint no, this Priest is a factual is show. Based... People listen to it for its facts and it's an interesting information about the game. We don't, Batty. Yes, yeah, so well done, guys. <laughs> Saint Priest is based out of Lyon. Huh? Yeah, there we go. That's your fact. The midi. Um, US Cognac. I'm going to say knock on. Knock on, Goose. Knock on. Yeah, yeah, knock on. Yeah, knock on. What Molly said, yeah. Points all round. US Cognac is a real team. The US stands for Union Sportif. Isn't that just sport? Yeah, yeah sports union. But in French, oh, right. so it sounds better. Thank you for clarifying that it's the French equivalent. <laughs> Next one is oh, O I E Rugby Club. O I E. Yeah, O I E Rugby Club. Rugby Club. Rugby Club. Is that a knock on or a knock off? Knock off. Ah, after you guys. Uh, knock off. Knock off. I'm going to knock on knock off as well. Oh, no points I'm to lose. <laughs> As the French speakers, you claimed you are, Matt. What yeah. does that mean in French? O-I-E. O-I-E. I. Oh, my Google Translate's wrong then because I... Does it not mean yes with an E? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or is, oh, no, we. O-U-I. Yeah, so I'll take that back. So according to my Google Translate, oui. Is the French for goose? Hey. Is it? According to Google Translate. I didn't know that. I thought it was e. Well, I was going to go for foie gras, but I thought you might think that was a knockoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Thank you. No. Yeah. Okay. Although what's interesting here is like, one of the synonyms for goose in French, la bête, which also the beast, the animal, the idiot. I'll take it. 
The dimwit. Dimwit. I feel like I should have that on my gravestone. So if you say someone's yeah a goose in French, it means they're a dimwit. Always learning. Always learn. Every day's a school day. Next, we have abundance rugby club. Abundance. Abundance. Is that a real rugby club, or is it made up? I'm gonna say knock on. Knock on. No, knock. Yeah, knock on. Knock on. Well, hang on. How's it spelled? Because I can't really get it from your abundance. Uh, is it a b o n d a n c e? Abundance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say knock, knock off. off. I go knock on. Mullen Goose, you got that one. <laughs> it is a knockoff. It is, in fact, Damn a it. French cheese, a Haute-Savoie region of the Rhone Apes. Haute-Savoie. Yeah, that's the one. The Rhone Alpes. Yeah. Matt, maybe you should have done the French round rather than making Joby sweat. Yeah, and you only just mentioned this two minutes into the pod that you speak French and I'm like wow <laughs> could this not mentioned earlier when I'm oh, coming last so far so it's not serving me very well right now is it no no you caught him in joint last with Lou <laughs> oh, <brilliant. laughs> oh bad times Matt the serial loser of rock on the cough he <laughs> <laughs> must be so proud full points all around though full points all around to Moll and Goose so far though I should have stuck to my initial tactic of following what Molly said damn it <laughs> there's still time isn't that what you do in life? <laughs> the guru of life. So we've got Orsay Rugby Club. Orsay's in Paris. Knock on. I'm going to say knock on, yeah. Yeah, I'll go yeah, knock, knock on. on. I don't know this one. Okay, all got that one right. It is, in fact, in Paris. Congratulations. Bonus points to you, Matt. I might get a full answer. last one. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't pronounce these words. Martignas Ilac. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's spelt M A R T I G N A S. Then it's got a dash. Then it's an I double L A C. Martignas Ilac. Martignac Yak. Martignac Ilac. It's got to be a knockoff. Yeah, it's got to be knockoff with your pronunciation. We just looked up stupid words in French. Um, oh, no. Oh, so only one person here could get full marks. Is it going to be Lou? Or, uh, no, it's not. Is <laughs> not it going to be <laughs> Moll or Goose? <laughs> I think it's going to be Goose because I don't okay. know. It is in fact a real rugby team. Well done, uh, uh, Louise. We, we could know. have been on top together. Well, not for the first time. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about our illicit yeah. affair that's been kept from the wraps. <laughs> Can we have this date noted, please? August 19th, Squirrel Gate and Molly actually won knock on, knock on. See what happens when you put a bit of research into it. Yeah, Anna came up with a theme. Also, um, we've just had a message to our Facebook group, Batty. Yasir, hey, sir, are you manufacturing jerseys? Two minutes later, hi. We are working with UK-based clubs. We would like to work with you as well. If you give us a chance, we will prepare your sample free. What are we sampling? No, he's asking us if if we manufacture yeah, we jerseys. No, we don't. What shall I reply? Hi, we are yes, one Sounds... of the leading rugby podcasts, and sadly, we are a <laughs> premium brand. podcast. Ask him if he wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and do not manufacture jerseys. However, we are pro in catching squirrels. <laughs> 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 do they do jerseys made from squirrels? I don't know. I don't think Yazir is going to reply to me. 
And what's actually more concerning is the picture, his profile picture, is of a waistband. Just a waistband? Yep, with two hands. I think I'll block him after he's replied about the squirrels. Anyway, please carry on. Thank you, Jodie. (laughs) Louise, I'm conscious that you haven't had a whole lot of time to prepare, given you've been preparing burgers for (laughs) the, the good people of Nantwich. This is Grassroots News with Lou. Yeah, uh, the Lou's news uh, in the rugby world is, well, pretty much the same sort of story all around. There are festivals of rugby happening. Clubs are starting to look for development games um, and looking for friendlies. And that is basically it. So what I'm going to say is, you know, if you're a club and you're just doing your, you've been doing your pre-season, you think you're ready for some games. Have a look on uh, any of the women's rugby networks on on the Facebook and see if there's one near you. At this stage of the season, there's lots of new clubs and there's lots, lots of development teams looking for friendlies. It's really, really good to get together and have some decent, friendly games of rugby, even if you've not got 15. Most clubs are willing to just get together, share players, do 10s, do 15s, do whatever it is, but just actually get together and play some rugby. I know it's really hard at the moment because obviously we've not had much rain and really rugby is a winter sport and <laughs> the ground is quite hard and the weather is pretty severe. But, you know, rugby's rugby. It's not all about sevens. If you can get a team together, I'd say just go for it. On that note, actually, so I want to put this conversation to bed. My view on pre-season friendlies... Don't go there. ...is, is that I hate them. Yeah. Why? It's just not my bag. Yeah, totally. Goose, where are you at with pre-season friendlies? Until a couple of weekends ago when we played Sutton Coalfield, I didn't enjoy them because every time I went, I got injured. So they were a big no for me, but thankfully made it through Sutton Coalfield unscathed. So I don't mind them. It's a good way to get back into the swing of things. Just playing on what was practically the Sahara Desert was not pleasant. <laughs> it wasn't the Sahara Desert. It was the car park next to the Sahara Desert. Literally. Like concrete. Yeah. We had a sun break, suntan lotion break for the fairer skinned of our team, such as Polly. So the gingers. Yeah. I'm not ginger. You should have seen the look that Sutton Coalfield players gave us when we told them we needed to pause for two minutes to reapply suntan lotion in a pre-season friendly. Amazing. What about you, Jodie? I don't mind them too much. I don't like the fact that no one can make them because obviously kids and holidays are all booked in uh, and that you only ever turn up with zero subs. That's a bit annoying. There it is. That's exactly why I don't like them. But you know they changed the rules this year? You can now field six players and it'd be classed as a game. Really? Six against 15? Six players. You can have six against six, but then it turns into, if it's that low, it becomes like a touch game, but it's still classed (laughs) as a game and it can still be classed as a game has happened. Why have you read this shit, Jode? I haven't read it. I was told it. By who? Was it Sherry? By who? (laughs) Was it Sherry? By somebody else. Who was it though? I want to know if it's a reliable source. By someone from another team? If it wasn't Vipon, it didn't happen. Just going back to pre-seasons, when I was um, 
playing rugby, I actually really hated pre-season friendlies. Firstly, there's nothing body friendly about them. You're playing rugby, you're playing rugby, right? And it's just, I'd rather save myself for the actual season because, you know, injuries are just the worst thing in pre-season friendlies. I know you need like game time and all that sort of stuff, but I just think it's it's just like major opportunity for injury before you've even started the season. I think there is a genuine place for them. And I just think you've got to take them with your eyes open and pick them wisely. And if it's absolutely baking hot and the ground's rock solid, I'm not all for it when it's that situation. I I think that the best hybrid solution is like a joint training match or something like that with another club. So you don't call it a friendly. There's no like win-lose in it. It's like a bit of training, bit of coaching, bit of mix and match teams, you know, that kind of thing. The reason I don't like pre-season friendlies is purely because whenever you get to the end of the season, you have a bit of time off, and then there's that date in the diary, isn't there, where you all get together and you'll get in a room and, you know, you plan out the, the season ahead and you get your whiteboard and you put your values on them down and you have all these like big ideas about how you're going to attack the next season. And some media always brings up, well, we, you know, it's really important that we get some pre-season friendlies in the diary so we're nice and we go into the first matches like ready to go which is a great idea right the coaches at the time me being one of them think yeah yeah definitely go get some pre-season friendlies in the diary first of all they're really hard to find secondly sure as eggs is eggs you can't get anywhere near a full team out because everyone's on holiday then you get issues of last minute dropouts then you get weather conditions that play a part and what ends up happening is you basically play a bin juice 15 against a team that's maybe a bit more organised on concrete in 40 degree heat and the only person that wins in all of this is well nobody does to be honest maybe the barn um, the yeah. barn yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so that's just me being mega negative but Molly you like I know you like pre-season friendly so you know where are you at on the subject yeah I can see where you both come well all coming from however Saturday was actually really horrendous for 40 minutes and then we had a switch that went and then it felt like actually yeah we can do this so we played four quarters to accommodate for the Sahara conditions yes I was the dickhead that asked for a sun cream break but partially because I thought Sarah was going to pass out because she told me five times the blood sugar dropped but it was actually good because we played quarters so you can have whatever rules you want laws whatever Lauren Vipon sorry laws you can take as many breaks as you want. You can have as many subs if you've got a full bench, etc. But actually, it was a perfect opportunity for the people that had never played before. So the three intro to rugby girls to play some rugby and they left feeling fucking incredible. Like Reese, one of our intro to rugby girls, never played before. Absolutely petrified. Walked out on the pitch, didn't have a clue what she was doing for the first 20 minutes. Then obviously got another 20 minutes under a belt and then she began to absolutely come into her own so I think for the people that are experienced and potentially injury prone you know their bodies are giving up not the best experience however for the newbies that need game time with the pressure not of being in a league game or not having to perform if they don't it doesn't really matter we had three girls come off the pitch feeling invincible so I get what you guys are saying. But without a pre-season friendly, a lot of those girls wouldn't have got game time until probably December in shit conditions with the pressure of a league game, being that person on the bench that's got to come on and do a job or 
starting and having not a fucking clue what they're doing and having everyone watch them. There was no real supporters for us. We went, we did a job. We got amazing results in the third and fourth quarter. We got a try. We played some really good rugby. So to move from the dog shit, which was the first quarter, because I can't explain it any better than that, to what we came out with just for those three girls to come off feeling amazing, getting their first game under their belt and doing a really good job, I'd take the the pain and the, the struggle of having to get onto a concrete pitch and my knees hurting for the next seven days to make sure that those three girls come off ready for their first ever game in the league. So I get it, but equally... I'd swap that feeling of feeling like shit. You know, when you've had a pint and a fag, that goes away and you've got three girls stood there beaming and one of them got player of the match. So, yeah, it's bittersweet, isn't it? Yeah, I totally give you that, Mal. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, I see it from my side, whereas, you know, I've played, I've played, I've played. I don't need to have a pre-season game where I probably get more injured than I would do after a whole season of playing. But... I think for for the listeners that don't know, we, we at Crew and Answer, which we've for the last few years we've done an intro to rugby, six week session of coaching for women who've never played rugby before, and we sort of start from the very beginning and do all the basics and then integrate them into the pre-season main team um, and yeah no I totally give you that more because those girls were absolutely shit in it they've never played before the idea of a game was absolutely skyscraper couldn't possibly think how they could do that so yeah I know I agree with that yeah. yeah but for me I learned absolutely nothing apart from it was hot I got sunstroke <laughs> my knee fucking hurts and I feel like a sack of shit went into the change rooms wanting to cry into my sponge or my fanny flannel feeling not so bright but once I had a pint hot dog and sat down with those three girls that were absolutely buzzing, everything mm. went. And then I was like, that's why we do pre-season friendlies. Yeah, and I think we see it from like a, we've done this a lot of times sort of point of view, you know, whereas we forget sometimes that we're integrating some women who've never, ever played a game before, and they need that. They need that experience. It might be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a whole game. But, yeah, that's that's a mega thing. And, yeah, I do see both sides, but, yeah. This is Molly's Grassroots Salute. It's fair at this point to give a big grassroots salute to the crew in Nantwich intro to rugby girls because yeah. I've done this now oh, for yeah. what, five years, something like that. And all groups are great. I love working with them. I love the concept, you know, six sessions, you come in, you, no experience and by the end of it a few people then go into the main squad and do pre-season and become rugby players but every year it's it's different and this year we've had anything up to 13 14 people uh, down with no experience and they've all been absolutely brilliant fun to coach and some of the talent that is emerging from this group is unreal given how little experience they've got so big up yeah good on you girls if you get to this stage of listening to the podcast well done you're in. Indeed. Indeed. You're in. Big there's no going back now. You've been sucked <laughs> in. <laughs> awesome. Just to finish off then, guys. So Goose, obviously, lo- you know, lovely to have you on the sh- on the show. Your experience of rugby, you know, goes back quite a few years now. 
if you look back at all those experiences you've had, which is the one that really sticks in your mind where you just think like, this is the best thing I've ever done? Oh my God. Now you're asking. Well, talk about giving a bit of bloody notice. No, you could have given me some like time to prepare, Batty. Obviously. Now you know what it's like when Batty says to you, announce the team. It's all about spontaneity. I mean, I think I absolutely love rugby, love playing for Crew Nantwich. And this is going to call me out now because you always called me out on my old kit as well. But perhaps one of my happiest and best memories was when I just started out playing rugby and I played for Old Lems and I played for them for a couple of seasons and then had to move and came up north and went back to play for them and had a blinder of a game on my first touch of the ball, scored a try and just the support and yeah that game just sits in my memory because that was the last time I played for Old Lems and mm. yeah they were my original club and I owe a lot to them so yeah big shout out to everybody at Old Lems who helped me through all of this. Amazing thank you Goose great to have yeah, you Thank on. you for having me. Anyway, it's all right my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this furry nut collecting episode of Grassroots we hope you enjoyed it. Please give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. It makes a massive difference to how we can grow the show. If you want to come on and talk about your team, please message us at grassrootswomen at hotmail.com. To buy some much-needed coffee, please visit www.ko-fi.com forward slash grassrootsrugbypod. For just £4, you can help us run the podcast. A brilliant finish! This was Grassroots, women's rugby on the roots up.